Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Spider-Man Homecoming in today's statistics episode. Welcome back to another Spider-Man episode today. Um, If you've already listened to the review episode, uh, then you will know already that I gave Spider-Man Homecoming a 77, and that it is my current number seven film uh, from 2017. Uh, If you haven't listened to the review episode yet, I encourage you to go do so uh, prior to this statistics episode. Uh, as the the statistics episode is uh, uh, spoiler-filled. Not that I'm going to tell you what happens in the movie, but that uh, the statistics for some of the actors in the movie will potentially spoil elements of the film. And, uh, I don't know, various various other things like that. It's more spoilers on a technical level than on a plot level, if you want to be... Look at it that way. So, Spider-Man Homecoming, the newest MCU film. (sighs) I saw it on July 7th, 2017, Friday. Uh, It is, I clocked it at 133 minutes, just uh, almost 2 hours and 15 minutes, 2 hours and 13 minutes, if you include everything up until the final after credits scene. Uh, It is a 2017 film, and my brief synopsis is... High school and fighting crime are tough to do at the same time. And it rhymed. Like I said, I gave this a 77, and it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Very high, very high. Um, In, It is not yet part of a its own series of films, but it is part of a greater series of films, which is the MCU. It is the 22nd entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, when you include short films and, and one-shots. For me, it is currently ranked ninth out of all of those films, slotting between right behind Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and right above Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. With 22 films, the entirety of the MCU is now about 34 and 3 quarters hours long. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a marathon. Moving on. Um, we will go to directors now for this beauteous film. <clears throat> the director of Spider-Man Homecoming is John Watts. This is the second film from John Watts that I have seen. The first film of his was also rated 77, and that was Cop Car. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming has the edge in uh, Rotten Tomato score and is thus uh, ranked slightly above Cop Car. Um, John Watts has two films rated in the 70s for a value of four, and and his total score is 81, which puts him at tied for 499th overall in the director's page. Um, The director's page has roughly 2,000 people on it, so he's he's doing well. He's doing well. 
there's only one director, but there are a lot of writing credits to go around. Um, at the top of those that list are Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who uh, are a duo that also worked on the Lego Batman movie from earlier this year. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming is a couple of points behind the Lego Batman movie, um, <clears throat> but nevertheless raised the this pair's score to an 82 and puts them tied for 1,191st out of just shy of 4,000 writers that are on my spreadsheet. Um, but that's not all. You can also include John Watts as a writer himself. Uh, his other writing credit is for Cop Car. So same thing, two films in the 70s, an average film rating of 77, a value of four for a score of 81, which puts him tied for 1,215th. Um, then we also have another pair here John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein who have previously collaborated on such films as Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 and Vacation which was awful Spider-Man Homecoming is the best film that I've seen that they've worked on currently uh, which raises their average film rating to a 55 Raises their value to a 1 and their score to a 56, which puts them tied for 2,533rd. Those are all the writing credits for Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, the the entree, as you, if, if I may, are actors. This film is chock full of actors, cameos, whatnot. And uh, there's some pretty good ones in here. Some very high up the list people who are increasing their scores. At the top of this film's list is Robert Downey Jr. He is moves up to 33rd place overall um, with his 27th film that I've seen. Raises his average film rating to a 69.15. It is the sixth film of his rated in the 70s and his 13th overall slotting just behind shortcuts and just ahead of chef it raises his value to a 45 and his score to 115.15 he is behind rudy bond and ahead of frank welker next up ranked uh, is is marissa tomei this is the 18th film of hers that i've seen and her eighth highest ranked highest rated overall she is ranked 108th now with an average film rating of 70.5. This is her fifth film rated in the 70s to raise her value to a 29 and her score to 102.5. Marissa Tomei. Spider-Man Homecoming slots in just behind Captain America Civil War, just ahead of Trainwreck. Next down the list, um, we have Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the 21st film of Gwyneth Paltrow's that I've seen. Uh, this is her ninth best film overall and uh, ranks her at 215th with an average film rating of 65.29 this is her second film rated in the 70s for a value of 30 and a score of 97.29 still in uh, the top 500 at this point we move on to michael keaton this is the 23rd film of michael keaton's that i've seen and the eighth film overall, ranking just behind his voice work in Porco Rosso and ahead of the other guys. 
Spider-Man Homecoming increases his average film rating to a 64. It is his sixth film rated in the 70s, which increases his value to a 31, his score to a 96, which puts him tied uh, for 258th overall. Next, we have Chris Evans. This is the 19th film from Chris Evans that I've seen and is ninth highest rated overall between Captain America Civil War and Captain America the First Avenger. Spider-Man Homecoming is the third film rated in the 70s for Chris Evans, which raises his average film rating to a 66.26, his value to a 27, and his score to 93.26. This leaves him ranked 361st overall. And rounding out the top 500 is Tom Holland. This is the eighth film I've seen with Tom Holland in it, his sixth highest rated overall, which is impressive that this is not in his top five out of eight. Uh, But it comes in behind How I Live Now and ahead of The Lost City of Z. Spider-Man Homecoming is the third film rating in the 70s for Tom Holland, raising his average film rating to a 74, his value to a 16, and his score to a 90. Puts him tied with about 12 other people at 500th place even. Outside the top 500 now, we have Martin Starr and his 13th film. Sixth highest overall behind Amira and Sam and ahead of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Spider-Man Homecoming is the second film rated in the 70s for Martin Starr, raising his average film rating to a 67.62, his value to a 19, and his score to an 86.62 for an overall ranking of 673rd. Bit of a jump down to uh, Donald Glover. This is the ninth film of Donald Glover's that I've seen, and it uh, is his fifth highest rated overall behind mystery team ahead of the to-do list. Spider-Man Homecoming is the first film of Donald Glover's rated in the 70s and raises his average film rating to a 67.89, his value to a 14, and his score to 81.89, which puts him tied with Diane Ladd at 921st. Next, we have a debut to this spreadsheet, and that is Zendaya. Um, This is the only film with Zendaya in it that I have currently seen, which means her average film rating is 77. Her score is a, her value is a 2, which makes her score 79. And her overall rating, ranking is 1095th. Um, Look for Zendaya to be in The Greatest Showman later this year which is why she's on the list, because I know that I have films of hers coming up. Next, we have John Favreau. This is the 26th film with John Favreau in it that I've seen, and his seventh highest rated film to date. It, raises, it is his fifth film rated in the 70s, and raises his average film rating to a 57.27, his value to a 20, and his score to a 77.27. It leaves his overall ranking at 1,220th. Then we have just a couple of spots below him, Tony Revolori. This is the fourth film with Tony Revolori I've seen, and his third highest overall. Tony Revolori's average film rating is lifted up to 70, 
With his first 70 rated film, his value is now 7 and his score is 77 for an overall ranking of 1,224. We then have Michael Chernus. This is the eighth Michael Chernus film I've seen and his fifth highest rated overall. It is the second film of his rated in the 70s and it falls between Men Black 3 and The Bourne Legacy. Men in Black 3, probably over a little highly rated now that I'm looking at it. But nevertheless, for the moment, that is where Spider-Man Homecoming lands. It raises his average film rating to a 62.5, raises his value to an 11, which puts his score at 73.5. Michael Chernus is ranked 1,488th overall. Next up, we have voice work by Jennifer Connelly. This is the 20th film featuring Jennifer Connelly and her fifth film rated in the 70s, her fourth film overall, Behind Little Children and Ahead of the Rocketeer. Spider-Man Homecoming raises her average film rating to a 56.7, her score to a, her value to a 14, and her score to 72.7, which ranks her at 1,540th overall. Um, little perspective, there are 3,650 actors on this spreadsheet um, so that's kind of your guideline here oh damn it next up we have carrie condon who is the voice of friday uh tony stark's interface in the mcu this is the fifth film with carrie condon in it and the third film of hers overall coming in behind Civil War and ahead of Ned Kelly. Spider-Man Homecoming is the second film of hers rated in the 70s, raising her average film rating to a 63.2, her value to a 5, and her score to 68.2. She is at an she is at the rank of 1,844th at this moment. We then have Hannibal Burris. This is the ninth Hannibal Burris film I've seen, the third highest rated overall. Uh, her, his second film in the 70s, which raises his average film rating to a 55.11, his value to a 5, and his score to 60.11. This makes him ranked 2,369th overall. And that is, to the best of my knowledge, the entire cast of Spider-Man Homecoming that is on my spreadsheet. <clears throat> Um, it's very big. It's a big cast. All the MCU films are. Loved all the uh, cameos by Cap. Cap's great. Love Cap. Great. Awesome. Moving on. Genres. Spider-Man Homecoming fulfills the genres of action, adventure, and sci-fi. Um, that's it. Um, it raises all the average ratings of those genres. Uh, action is now up to 55.86, adventure 55.43, and sci-fi 55.45. As far as the Bechtel test, Spider-Man Homecoming does not pass it. It gets a 1 on the Bechtel test, with only having named female characters that never talk to each other. Very disappointing. Definitely a lot of opportunities for that to take place. Uh, it is rated PG-13 does not uh, land on either my top 250 or IMDb's top 250. 
And as far as Oscar season goes, it is not nominated yet. It may be nominated uh, for some technical awards, but I'd be very surprised to see it at all. I don't think it's quite as technically... Um, um, its technical prowess is just not at the level of other films released this year already, such as Logan, uh, such as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So I think it will fall short in that arena. But... That does not mean that I am not currently nominating it for things based on the films I've seen so far. Uh, I've given it two nominations at the moment. The first is for male supporting performance from Michael Keaton. I think he is fantastic as the vulture, given a lot to work with, a lot to do, and it is his performance that mostly helps us identify and sympathize with that character. And as well, I am nominating it currently for special effects. Um, it has been nominated alongside Guardians, Guardians Volume 2, like a Batman movie, Wonder Woman, and Cars 3. So, um, again, not the stiffest competition in that regard, but definitely a film, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think it ends up making the ballot at the end of the year, but through this, through the halfway point or so, I do think it would be one of the top five films for visual effects those are the two circle of film awards it has been nominated for um it bumps out uh robert carlisle from best support male supporting actor for train spotting 2 and it bumps out kong skull island for visual effects kong skull island is no longer nominated for a single coffa um Spider-Man Homecoming has two nominations alongside Song to Song. Uh, they trail Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which has three, Baby Driver, Lego Batman Movie, and Beauty and the Beast, which all have five, John Wick Chapter 2 and Get Out, which each have six, Logan, which has seven, and Wonder Woman, which leads the way with eight. But I believe that's going to do it for today. Those are all the... Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. I am very, very sorry. There is one other thing to do. The year statistics. This is the 72nd film I have seen from 2017 this year. And the 481st film I have seen during this calendar year. The average rating of films uh, released this year goes up to 41.26. And their average tomato meter goes up to 53.57. Um... This film does not enter my top 250, which keeps 2017 with a goose egg in that category at the moment. And as an, this is the 20th action film, 16th adventure film, and 16th science fiction film. With a Bechtel score of 1, it is part of 36.11% that have also scored that way from this year. Uh, it is the 28th PG-13 film. So PG-13 and R still battling it out are at 30, PG-13 at 28. And that is all I've got for you in Spider-Man Homecoming statistics. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or answers, you may direct those things to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you want to learn more about the podcast, about me, about my spreadsheet, or you're interested in other episodes... Maybe you want to check out the Circle of Film Award nominations for 2017 or look at past winners of the scavenger hunt superlatives. 
You may do all of those things at circleoffilm.com. And finally, as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.